Welcome back to Cycle Wisdom, where we empower women to restore natural menstrual cycles to improve health and promote fertility. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Minger, and I am so glad you're listening today. On today's episode, we're going to start a brand new series. Over the next few weeks, I will be covering in great detail more information about specific hormones and their impact on your menstrual cycle and fertility health, as well as the overall role that they play in your body. Today, we're going to be talking specifically all about estrogen. We will discuss some of the roles that estrogen has in your body, as well as some of the common symptoms that we see if those levels are out of balance. Finally, we're going to talk briefly about ways that you can help to normalize your estrogen levels and discuss appropriate treatments if your estrogen levels are not quite right. I'm going to start off with a story about a client of mine who we will call Sarah. Now, Sarah came to see me because she had taken an online quiz, and that quiz diagnosed her with estrogen dominance. Now, this is a common term that we are hearing a lot more about, but Sarah really didn't know what to do with that information now that she had a name for what she thought was going on with her symptoms. Primarily, she was having problems with heavy menstrual cycles, as well as significant mood swings and tenderness in her breasts around the time of her period. All of these symptoms led her to believe that she had too much estrogen in her system. So as is always our first step, we got Sarah started with some formal charting of her cycles to be able to further objectively identify what was going on with her bleeding patterns as well as her ovulatory patterns. We were then able to do targeted lab draws once we knew exactly when she was ovulating. What I found out was that Sarah's estrogen levels were actually within normal range based on where she was in her cycle, but her progesterone levels were quite low. Now, this can still be termed estrogen dominance as you have a relative increase of estrogen compared to the progesterone levels, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means later in the episode. But Sarah's case makes a really good point to know that just because you have symptoms of too much of a particular hormone it doesn't necessarily mean that the underlying cause is straightforward. So in Sarah's case, we actually found multiple hormonal abnormalities that were out of balance, and we worked with her over the next few months to get everything back on track. We talked about changing some of her lifestyle habits and prescribed appropriate bioidentical hormone replacement therapy in order to help balance her levels. Her labs normalized over the course of treatment, and her cycle symptoms improved dramatically. If she had just focused on trying to decrease her estrogen levels based on that online quiz, that would not have solved any of the underlying issues, and her estrogen levels may have actually gotten too low in the process. So how do we even know what levels to check or what is normal? If you go in and ask your doctor to get your estrogen levels checked, there's not a specific test for estrogen that is done. Instead, they need to look for a particular form of estrogen that's in your body. And that will be different depending upon what stage of your menstrual cycle you're in. So there are three primary forms of estrogen that are present in a woman's body, and they each have slightly different roles and times that they are more dominant. The three forms can convert to one another somewhat, but they're distinctly different when it comes to checking blood levels, which is important to understand. So the first form of estrogen is E1, or estrone. Now, estrone is predominantly found in your body after menopause. It is a weaker form of estrogen compared to some of the other types as far as how much it impacts your body, 
but it is primarily important for helping with maintaining your bone density and your other tissues during menopause, like your skin and vaginal tissue. The second form of estrogen that we talk about is E2 or estradiol. Now, this is the primary estrogen that I check in regards to menstrual cycle health because it's the primary form of estrogen that's present throughout the reproductive years. It's the form of estrogen that impacts your menstrual cycle and changes throughout every day of your cycle. And then the third and final form of estrogen that's present predominantly in a female's body is E3 or estriol. Now, estriol is produced by the placenta during pregnancy, and it helps to maintain the uterine lining and support fetal development. We don't often check estriol levels as it's only going to be increased during pregnancy, but there are some cases for pregnant women, especially those who have had recurrent miscarriages or some other concerns where we do follow those estriol levels. It's important to know what different forms are available so that you can know appropriately what type of estrogen test should be done. It also will help so that as we're talking about estrogen, if you hear me say the term estradiol or estriol or estrone, to know that they are all forms of estrogen, but they act different times of your cycle and different times during your reproductive or menopausal years. So what does estrogen even do? The primary thing that we talk about is in regards to female health development of those sexual characteristics and your menstrual cycle. Early on during puberty, estrogen is the primary hormone that starts to elevate and help with development of those secondary sexual characteristics like breast development, widening of the pelvic bones, and really sets the stage as far as preparing for what happens with the menstrual cycle when it begins. Now, I want to reference here that we've posted on our website, and I will link it in the show notes, a graphic that helps to describe the different fluctuations of hormones that happen during a normal menstrual cycle. Now, I realize that not everybody has a normal 28-day cycle, so just note that when you're looking at this picture, that it is representative of a fairly standard cycle and what normally the cycle should be doing, but everybody's cycle is, of course, going to be a little bit different, and this can even change from month to month. So we start off at the left side of this chart with the first day of menstrual cycle bleeding, and estrogen starts to increase during this time because it's important for signaling luteinizing hormone which is going to trigger the release of the egg a little bit later in the cycle. Estrogen is also really important during this time because it helps to thicken the endometrial or uterine lining in preparation for implantation of a fertilized egg. In the time leading up to ovulation, estrogen also increases cervical mucus. And as we know, cervical mucus is one of those important biomarkers that we look at to know when a woman is ovulating and when her fertile window is happening. Estrogen is also responsible for maintaining the health of your reproductive tissues in general, but primarily in regards to your uterus, fallopian tubes, and vaginal tissue. We know that as women approach menopause, estrogen levels decrease and the health of those reproductive tissues also decreases, which can lead to things like vaginal atrophy or dryness and increase your risk of urinary tract infections as well. Estrogen is also very important for bone health, by helping to maintain bone density to prevent osteoporosis. For women that go into menopause earlier than expected, or for those that don't have adequate levels of estrogen or may not be cycling at all, we can see a drastic decrease in their bone density long-term because of this loss of estrogen. Estrogen also plays a role in the health and elasticity of your skin, also helps to stabilize cholesterol levels and improve your metabolism, 
all of which play a big role in your overall health, weight, how you look, and how you feel. So let's go back to talk more about this concept of estrogen dominance and what would make you consider that as something that may be going on with you. Now, the most common symptoms that we see are that you may be having very heavy or irregular cycles. As we talked about earlier, estrogen causes the lining of your uterus to thicken, and if there is an excess of estrogen, the lining can become more thick, which means you need to shed off a lot more by bleeding during your actual menstrual cycle. Other common symptoms we see with estrogen dominance may include breast tenderness, weight gain, mood swings, fatigue, and also fertility problems. It's also crucial to know where you're at in your menstrual cycle when you get your levels checked and to understand what the normal ranges should be. As a general reference, you can look back at that picture that I've referenced on our website, and you can see that if I check estradiol levels in the early part of your menstrual cycle, they should be lower compared to if I'm checking them closer to the time after ovulation where they should be a higher range. Understanding where your levels are in relationship to where you're at in your cycle is critically important because it helps us to know if the levels are appropriately elevated or if you're just getting levels drawn at the wrong time of your cycle. In general, there are two different types of estrogen dominance that we discussed, and it's incredibly important to understand which type you may have as the treatment course is entirely different. So the first type is if you just have too much overall estrogen. This means that everything else looks okay with your other hormone levels, but your estradiol levels are just really off the chart elevated. The most common reason we see for this is if you are somebody who carries an excessive amount of body fat or is overweight. We know that estrogen is stored in fat cells. What a lot of people don't know is that you typically don't change the number of fat cells that you have in your body over time, even if you gain weight. However, the size of those fat cells does change with changes in your diet, exercise, sleep, and stress levels. And so if you have larger fat cells, they can actually store more estrogen, which will make your levels elevated above baseline normal. The other thing that we think about that can raise your estrogen levels overall would be if you are exposed to any type of endocrine disruptors. So the big ones we talk about are different types of plastics or the lining of metal cans, which can contain BPA. The other areas that we see endocrine disruptors in our daily life are exposure to phthalates in different cosmetics, personal care products, as well as exposure to excessive amounts of soy in either food or supplement intake. Sometimes having too much of that estrogen exposure can cause the overall estrogen levels to be elevated. Now, the second way that we can see estrogen dominance play a role would be where your estrogen levels are actually normal, but your progesterone levels are too low. What we should see after you've ovulated during that luteal phase is that your progesterone levels increase after ovulation, as your estradiol levels are also mildly increased. What can happen is that if your progesterone levels don't increase, but your estradiol levels look okay, it can create the situation where you have an overall estrogen dominance, even if your estradiol levels are technically within a normal range. Now, this can create similar symptoms to if your estrogen levels were elevated regardless, but we want to make sure that all of your hormone levels are balanced. The important difference with this picture is that it's not just about decreasing the estrogen levels. You need to have estrogen in your system in order to have a healthy cycle, and if you just try to decrease estrogen without addressing the progesterone component, 
You're not actually fixing the underlying problem. So who cares anyways if I have estrogen dominance? You know, one of the long-term side effects that we can see with untreated estrogen dominance is an increased risk of breast cancer and uterine cancer. When you have an excess amount of estrogen in relationship to the other hormones in your body, that estrogen can go unchecked and create problems with excessive hormone production, which can help to fuel estrogen-related cancers in your body. So when we talk about trying to balance your hormone levels, it's not just about your period health or even your fertility health, but it also plays a huge role in your overall health long-term. So what are some ways that you can balance your estrogen? You know, some of these things we've talked about over and over again, but I always come back to include maintaining a healthy weight, staying active, managing your stress, and getting enough sleep. A well-balanced diet specifically focused on green leafy vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and plenty of water. As far as other environmental toxins, we want to eliminate wherever possible our exposure to BPAs, phthalates, pesticides, and other endocrine disruptors. I also recommend limiting alcohol and avoiding processed foods because that will help to maintain a healthy liver function. As far as any supplements go, I recommend that you absolutely must consult with a specialized healthcare professional, preferably one trained in hormone management before trying any supplements. There's so much out there on the market right now for supplements that claim to balance your estrogen by decreasing estrogen dominance or eliminating symptoms that never really gets to the root cause. As I've discussed, it's really important to know if the aim is truly just trying to decrease your estrogen levels or if you are needing to balance where things are at in relationship to progesterone and your other hormones. Now, the final thing I want to touch on today is talking a little bit about hormone replacement with prescription-strength estrogen products. There are many different formulations of estrogen available, both FDA-approved prescription medications you can get from your commercial pharmacy, as well as compounded versions of estrogen. As is often the case when it comes to any hormone, not all estrogen products are the same, and they may have very different potential side effects different long-term implications, and recommendations for treatment. So it's important to know what kind of estrogen product you are getting treated with. Ideally, we want to utilize bioidentical estradiol wherever possible. Now, this is available as prescription-strength oral tablets, transdermal patches, and some creams. But not all pills and patches of estrogen are considered bioidentical. There are also multiple different options as far as compounding bioidentical estrogen products. And so again, working with somebody who understands the importance of remaining bioidentical with your hormone replacement therapy whenever possible is incredibly important. This helps to ensure that the estrogen you are getting is not actually causing more problems down the road or creating unnecessary or undesired side effects depending upon what you're treating. So I hope this has all been helpful as far as just a general overview on estrogen and its importance not only for your menstrual cycle health and fertility, but also as far as your overall health. I'm really looking forward to sharing more with you in the coming weeks about our other hormones that we're going to be talking about. Make sure you tune in next week when we talk all about progesterone and understand why that particular hormone is so important for your menstrual cycle health, fertility, and pregnancy. If you're ready to work with an elite team of healthcare professionals who understand hormones and their appropriate management, go to our website, 
radiantclinic.com to schedule a free discovery call with me and learn more about our package-based pricing for healthcare. We customize your treatment plan and include options to access a hormone coach, fertility awareness charting experts, a registered dietitian, a health coach, and of course, all the medical care you need from me as a board-certified physician. We are currently able to see people for in-person appointments in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa area, or can arrange for a telehealth visit if you live in the state of Iowa. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share this podcast with someone in your life who would benefit from our services. Remember to subscribe to this podcast for more empowering content. I sincerely appreciate your support, and I look forward to sharing more with you on our next episode of Cycle Wisdom.